Well, new data has been released showing the numbers of people visiting the emergency department in the Northern Territory and the length of time they're waiting is at a 10-year high. The data was released yesterday by the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare and showed there were more than 181,000 presentations in the 2022-23 to 23 financial year. It's up from 171,000 the previous year and we've got the highest rate of emergency presentations in the country. Now, the numbers probably aren't a huge surprise to anyone who sat in the waiting room at emergency here in the Northern Territory. Our hospitals and our staff are absolutely flat out. Now, joining me on the line to talk more about this is Kath Hatcher, the Secretary of the Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation here in the Northern Territory. Good morning to you, Kath. Oh, good morning, Katie. Kath, this data, it shows we've got the highest rate of emergency presentations per capita in the country and the number of people visiting the the, uh, the emergency department and length of time they're waiting's at a 10-year high. Kath, are you surprised by the numbers? No, I'm not really, Katie. Um, well, yes and no. Uh, but if you look at the rest of Australia... All the other states have a 3% population of uh, our First Nations people. Mm -hmm. We have nearly 31% occupying the Northern Territory of our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So because they have the highest um, medical needs, uh, they have the highest incidences of rheumatic heart, renal disease, etc. So I'm not surprised that we... we, uh, are at the top of that uh, number crunching. And do you reckon that's the only reason, Kath, or are there other contributing factors? I mean, I know you and I have spoken on numerous occasions about code yellows and, uh, and you know, not having enough beds, I guess, in a lot of cases. Mm. Well, yes, that would be compacting it too. So uh, when they closed uh, the super clinic out at Palmerston and opened up the... Palmerston Hospital, I think that was number one. Uh, They shouldn't have done that. And now we know that it's reopened again a month or so ago. So what was that? The, the, just repeat that for me, Kat. Yeah. So the super clinic uh, was sort of shut down after Palmerston Hospital was opened up. Yeah. And then everyone was going to the emergency department at the Palmerston Hospital and the super clinic was, you know, not having its opening extra hours and evenings and weekends and things. So that that would have had an impact of more presentations to the Royal Darwin Palmerston Hospital. And so at this point in time, I mean, we know that, like some of these numbers, with the data released, it's showing that more than 181,000 presentations in 2022-23 financial year. That's up from 171,000 the previous year. What do you think Mm. the reason for that is? I wouldn't like to speculate, but I would say that, um, well... The presentations itself, I guess it's all to do with GPs and perhaps their increasing of their fees and the gap between Medicare and what the GPs are uh, asking for. That could have an impact and people just can't find that money to get uh, a a GP visit. They just can't pay that gap fee, Mm. so they're going to the 
hospitals where it's free. Um, that's why uh, there's been a big call for the federal government to get some urgent care centres around Australia and now we've got two up and running in the Territory, one in Darwin, one in Alice Springs. The one in Darwin is from the super clinic again yeah. and it's been up and running, I believe, about six or eight weeks now. But they haven't seen an impact on the emergency departments within Royal Darwin Palmerston yet. The executive director of nursing was telling me about three, four weeks ago that they haven't seen any uh, benefit of that super clinic reopening. Um, and the one in Alice Springs, they have only just opened it, so there hasn't been any statistics there of numbers going through yet. Yeah, I guess it is but, those very early days. But, Kath, just on the GPs, I mean, would you mm. support co-payments that would fix that gap fee issue? Is that something that would make a difference? Oh, absolutely. I think Medicare need to up the amount of money that, that the GPs can get on rebate on seeing... Um, patients in their surgeries but also the n number of presentations um, some sometimes it's just uh, needing to be educated and you know don't go to emergency department just for the the little things even though the little things could grow into big things but um, you know trying to get a GP appointment can be very hard in in some practices um, some people don't want to try because they know they're going to have to pay that gap and they can't afford it. Yeah. Um, but other things are too that we do have the higher percentage of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the Territory and, you know, their education is, you know, go to the hospital if they've got problems, even if it might be, uh, you know, very minute that a GP can be able to treat. So do you reckon, I so, mean, does there need to be some more work with our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health providers to, to make sure that there is that educative approach where, where people do know that unless there's a serious issue, you really don't need to be presenting to emergency? Um, perhaps, but there's also uh, facilities like Janela Dilba, mm. and I know that they're really under the pump as well, and I do know that the uh, First Nations people do uh, go to Danila Dilba and other healthcare, Aboriginal healthcare centres around the Territory. Um, but they are short-staffed and with doctors and nurses as well and potentially they may not have uh, the capacity to see as many people per day as per usual because of their shortness of staff. But also that impacts on the other uh Department of Health hospitals in the Territory as well with more presentations to the emergency Kath, departments. At the moment, what are nurses saying to you across the board? Because obviously this data is all about the emergency presentations, but what are what mm. are our nurses saying to you across the board? I mean, have we got enough of them? How are our staffing levels going and, and how are things going in our major hospitals? Uh, there's lots of improvement that can happen right across the Territory and Australia as well. We need more doctors. We need more yeah. nurses. We need to have more beds. But in, in saying that, we probably still got about 60 to 70 uh, patients who really need to be in a aged mm. care or disability centre and not in an acute bed within Waldale and Palmerston hospitals or even Alice Springs hospitals either. So, you know, if we we know that 
the federal government have given the Northern Territory government money to build uh, a 60-bed aged care facility, but that's still in the planning works. It hasn't had any, you know, soil removal and diggings started yet, uh, and that's going to be three or four years away. So what's going to happen in the meantime? We're still going to have an excess of patients um, who are taking up an acute bed because they can't cope uh, the family can't cope uh, of uh, looking after them at home and they need to be rightly so looked after and then at the moment that's an acute bed within the hospital in the territory so that's that's one thing and the waiting times would also impact in the emergency department because there are no beds in the rest of the hospital so they're banked up in the emergency departments wherever they can place them and they're double bunking because um, that's the way they need to to at the moment to be able to keep eyes on people, make sure that Mm. they're okay and they're getting treated even though, uh, you know, there's a conflict of interest and communication problem there and work health and safety and all of that is a real problem with double bunking and instead of a nurse having four patients, she potentially has eight patients to look after and potentially a lot of the staff could be agency nurses because they are short staffed mm. and they're trying to get and recruit to be permanent within the hospitals. But the nurses are really wanting that work-life balance. So therefore, there's, some of them have gone across to agency and they might do work one month, have one month off, yeah. so to speak. So you can't get that within the Department of Health contract. Kath, you and I have spoken on a lot of occasions about staffing levels and you've just touched on it then with our nurses. Like, how are we looking at the moment at the likes of, of Royal Darwin Hospital and, and our Alice Springs Hospital across the board when it comes to those, uh, those staffing levels? Are we, are we up to where we need to be or are we um, behind? We're way behind and the latest statistics I got were about six weeks ago and there's about 420 full-time equivalent shortage within uh, right across the Territory and that's just not the hospitals, that acute care, rural um, and not everyone wants to work full-time so there's more, uh, you know, bodies needed to uh, fulfil 420 full-time equivalents of staff, and that's just nursing and midwifery. 420 full-time equivalent. That is massive, Kath. And I would, absolutely, it's massive. And I would say that number has got worse since then because you know that coming into the wet season, people might have contracts right up until the week before Christmas. They want to go home interstate or back overseas for Christmas to be with their families or they just don't like our wet season and they want to go home for a few months and they'll come back early next year and take another contract up. So it is going to get worse. Is that like the worst we've seen it in terms of those staffing levels? Because you and I have spoken again a lot about those staffing levels. You've never given me a number that high, I don't think. I think because the Department of Health haven't given me uh, the full quota before on statistics. So... um, it is shocking and it is worse than perhaps two years ago in the heart of uh, COVID and it's definitely worse uh, before COVID. Um, most of the hospitals and areas were sitting on around the 5 to you know 15% vacancy rates but now they're sitting up anywhere from 
25 to 80% vacancy rates. Majority of those vacancy rates are fulfilled with agency, but not 100%. They're probably still looking at most areas around the the 5 to 25% vacancy, mm. even though they've got permanent and agency staff in, in those areas. Kath, what is your message, you know, to the government today when you look at those staffing levels, when you look at the emergency wait times, when you look at some of the issues that we're experiencing across the board in the health, in the, in the health sector? I think we need to think outside the box and some of the areas are looking at fly-in, fly-out type uh, agreements with with nurses they might not fly in fly out uh, per se but you know work one month have one month off that kind of um, scenario mm. uh, nurses really want their work-life balance um, I think they that the managers right across the territory need to basically give what the staff want and if they don't give it to them they're going to leave so they're much better off accommodating what the staff needs are, whether it's job sharing, yep. um, two, two weeks on, two weeks off kind of uh, working relationship, um, anything like that to keep the staff because if they don't accommodate and they say, no, we can't accommodate that, then they will leave, they will go elsewhere within the Territory or interstate uh, to, to get what they want. And it's not just the Territory, it's like this, it's yeah. the whole of Australia. Um, but because we're a smaller um, territory on a vast land and it's really hard to get services and access to services, we really need to, um, you know, bend down the knee, so to speak, yep. and give the nurses and midwives what they want. Well, Kath Hatcher, I always appreciate your time and I know that our nurses and midwives, well, they do an absolutely phenomenal job as all of our healthcare workers do. Um, But we appreciate the work that they do and we appreciate your time today. You're very welcome, Katie, anytime. Thank you.